Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Todd Brown, and I'm here with Robert Peake. Hello. Uh, our, our goal in these podcasts is to give you some thinking from our perspectives as experienced GTDers, as coaches, as trainers, as people who live this for ourselves and for our clients every day, give you our perspectives on some information that we hope will help you to realize the promise of GTD, which is to get more of the right things done in less time uh, and with less stress. And, and Robert, when you and I were, were talking today about, uh, as we always do, just before we hit record, uh, what, what we were gonna talk about, one of the things, one of the really interesting ideas that you had was this idea that, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about how GTD is not time management, right? GTD is not time management. And the point that you made was, well, actually um, using some sort of classic time management approaches or time management thinking, can help us as we think about how best to refine and uh, refine our GTD practices and systems. So could you maybe you know, lay the groundwork here for us? What, what did you mean by that? Yes, the, the Heisenberg principle of uh, GTD is not time management, and yet it is. Um, <laughs> you know, I yeah, I mean, I think um, time is one important dimension to manage. And one of the things I've found is that um, if people aren't appropriately managing time uh, in some fundamental ways, it's going to be harder for them to implement GTD effectively and sustain GTD over time. Um, the most classic example I can think of is people that are just absolutely um, allowed themselves to be in for one reason or another, totally back-to-back -back meetings during the day. Uh, then looking to adopt an approach that involves uh, being able to you know, get stuff done using a system um, when they're not in meetings, and frankly, they're they're nearly they're nearly always in meetings. So, um, or you know, or, or other situations where um, you know the calendar management for whatever reason is out of their control, no longer optimal, um, and also just on the flip side, the positive side of um, putting in the time. You know, when you're when you're building a GTD system and when you're maintaining and supporting one. The simplest example being earmarking your weekly review each week on on the calendar so that you can actually make sure you do that. So it, it just really occurred to me that no, GTD is not a just a kind of simple remedial time management approach, but managing time well can then turbocharge or is even a prerequisite to some extent um, of an effective GTD practice that then you know transcends just the time management time boxing kind of element and allows you to be really flexible and responsive um, in you know in in the moment uh, rather than in a, in a potentially overstructured sort of rigid time management traditional time management way that was what was on my mind what you know what kind of what attracted you to the topic or what what were your some of your kind of thoughts when we were kicking this around yeah, you know, I I really like this this topic as a way to to get into how do we get into the question how do we um, figure out whether we've got the right focus and I think the the, the description that you've just given of people who have let's just use the calendar as an example, overcommitted in their calendars, right? They, um, they've chosen 
<clears throat> or allowed themselves to be overcommitted, too many meetings, too much, you know, just too much going on in the calendar. And then they find themselves in a situation where they, um, you know, they, they can't do anything else, right? When are they going to do all the real work? <laughs> the other work, sorry, better, better, better phrase, the other work. The job lives. besides email, basically, I've heard job, one person call it. My job besides, besides e just being an email responder. Yeah. Beside, besides email and sitting in meetings, what am I going to do all the rest of that stuff, right? And, and I think that what we find a lot is that that is, you know, we say GTD is not about time management, but we do say that GTD is about managing focus and managing where you choose to place your focus. And I think what we've got is an awful lot of people who um, don't, don't really have, um, well, their use of the calendar, for example, right? and, they're, they're, and they're allowing themselves to become overly booked that way, I think means that what they've, what they've lost is this idea that, hey, if I'm going to be uh, optimally focused, not just on the stuff that's in my calendar, but on ev everything else that needs to get done in my world, there's going to have to be a bit of a balance, which is not reflected in my calendar as it exists today. Right. So, so, you know, if you, if you talk about, um, you know, time boxes, time boxing as an example, we do talk about that, of course, in GTD. It's not like that's evil or bad or wrong, but I think that, that the, um, that it can be used as a tool to help us to make sure that we are, we do have the right balance between all of the various things that we, um, you know, that we believe in GTD that you should be, uh, focusing on. So, so, you know, great example. Uh, the weekly review, right? As you as you as you mentioned, I think the um, you know the weekly review is something that most people uh, that I've run into, uh, you know, as as clients, as people that I've worked with over the years, um, most people don't have before GTD. They don't have anything that looks really like a weekly review. Some people do. Don't get me wrong. Some people do get that sort of higher perspective on their work, and they take regular time. To consider not just uh, you know not just the, uh, the stuff that's coming at them and seems critical and urgent in the moment, but they get the higher perspective. They think about the bigger issues, um, but it's pretty rare, pretty rare. And so what we you know when we talk about time boxing, we might say, hey, well you know block some time in your calendar to do a weekly review. That's that's a different form of focus than. Just and this is where I see a lot of time boxing getting getting used to the extent that it is used. Uh, you know, people just block time in their calendars because they're just desperate. It's it's a cry for help that says, "I am so overwhelmed by the stuff that's going on in my life. I just feel like I've got to have some time in my diary, which is not otherwise committed." And I will. And in most cases, the, I think the thinking that goes along with that is, "I'll figure out at the time what I'm going to do then." Right. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do then, but I'll figure that out at the time. But as long as I've got some time in my diary that's blocked, it feels like I've enhanced my sense of control, even maybe just a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Does, that, does that resonate with you? Does that make sense? It sure does. And it resonates with so much of what I've seen, what I've seen with clients. Um, and I think one of the things, you know, we need to contextualize is that, you know, GTD is a practice that involves you know, consulting your lists in the white space is what is one of the th one of the practices that I, as I put it, uh, meaning when it's up to you to decide, having lists orientate, um, is is for some people a revelation, right? To some extent, and um, when we say, look, there's only three types of things that really should be in your calendar, right? The 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 time specific activities like a meeting the day specific activities like you're going to do that all day or at some point in that day and the day specific reminders like 
it's someone's birthday or someone's going to be out that day or your taxes are due, any kind of due date is a day-specific reminder generally. Um, when we say that's it, <clears throat> I think people people start to think, okay, calendar, calendar bad. Um, uh, and part of that is just a response to the fact that most people, all they have is have had up to the, the point of discovering GTD has is, is often been a calendar, right? So when all you have is a hammer, <laughs> it all looks like nails. When all you have is a calendar, is a trusted system, it all looks like stuff you should be scheduling in. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's important not to swing too far kind of the other way with all of that. I, you know, I was working with a client recently and, um, you know, we'd, we'd identified a, a project outcome, a finish line for a multi-step, uh, a multi-step outcome they cared about. Uh, we identified a next action, what the very next step would be, what the kind of entry point is to working on that. And we identified some project support, some thinking and materials that's going to support them in, in getting the project over the finish line. And, and I said, is that, you know, is that now off your mind for now? And they kind of went, mm. and I went, well, maybe there's something else to put in there, like a calendar reminder to check in with yourself or a due date for this. And they kind of went, can I do that? You know, <laughs> am I allowed in GTD to use the calendar that way? And absolutely. So, you know, I, more and more I'm saying there's really four components, not just three, but four components that might shake out of a single kind of typical to-do item. And that is, of course, the next action, the project, any project support, but also anything you need to do to support yourself on the calendar to, to be able to, um, you know, make sure that the, the time-specific things or reminders or just the deadline itself, whatever, uh, is, is going to come back to you. So both in adopting GTD, putting in the time is important, and I think in the practice of GTD, recognizing that the time element is really important, not to be sort of overused, uh, but but used appropriately and effectively, I think is is also really, really key. Um, mm. Now you've done a lot of different, you've done project management and different methodologies, and you're also someone who came to GTD in kind of the middle, you know, or or, or you know at some point in your career. Whereas I, you know, I, I got it so early on, I almost kind of can't remember <laughs> what my calendar bad practices were and this kind of thing. But I'm I'm just interested, you know, when you think about traditional project management, which I'm assuming is some of what you did, you know, PGTD, pre-GTD. Um, are there elements of that that you find applicable either to adopting GTD or, or to utilizing GTD more effectively? Like when you think of all the kind of classic, classic stuff, uh, what in there is stuff where you go, don't, don't throw the baby out, you know, with the bathwater about that? Yeah, I, it's a great question. I, I think for me, the, what was um, really revolutionary about GTD when I first got exposed to it was that it was finally, uh, here was somebody, I, you know, I saw this video of David Allen and the internet. That was my very first exposure to GTD. And um, finally, I thought, here's somebody who's really applying process thinking to how we work every day, right? And I had been exposed, as, as you quite rightly, you know, my, 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 I was at a very large uh, corporate, my last role before, before uh, founding this business. Um, and I was, uh, I'd been exposed to all kinds of frameworks for planning, right? You know, for formal planning methodologies, all kinds of things. And, and of course, they're still around and they're, they've evolved and they've gotten a lot more, in some ways, a lot more nimble and a lot more, um, and a lot more, helpful you know when i was when i was i'm really going to date myself now but when i was first starting out in my career um 
you know, the, the, the waterfall methodologies for planning were very, very common, right? And these, these kinds of things that, that are supported by tools like, um, you know, tools that, that allow you to do that kind of, you know, Gantt chart, you know, that here's an element that we need to work on and here's who's responsible for what and here's what's dependent on what and all of that. Those tools were around. You know, we did, we did a project once in, in a little company that I had a training project where we trained the entire IT division of a very large financial institution to do basically Gantt charts, okay? And the thinking was that once we do this, everybody will automatically become so much more effective and efficient. And we, we you know, for months, we used to run training courses for these folks in, in how to do, you know, formal waterfall, waterfall-based uh, sort of tool. And it was focused on the tool in particular, by the way, that, that they, they were interested in. And um, hey, presto, at the end of the day, it didn't really work very well, right? Because those tools are not focused on the same things that GTD is, right? There's always this gap. And this was, again, when I first saw GTD, it was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Someone's now finally got it. You know, if you try to manage your day, literally be as, you know, as nimble as you need to, do, to, to be day to day, using a tool which is which is about Gantt charts and per charts or it's you know it's it's a Microsoft project or whatever which is a great tool for what it does but if you try to use that to manage your own you know your own sort of productivity it starts to fall in my experience I haven't seen anybody do that ter terribly effectively so so that's what I think was for me the real revolution was the, the re revelation was all of a sudden here's somebody who really has got the focus right and and so it was that kind of process thinking at that um, process thinking at that you know that that most basic level. It was it was you know um, <clears throat> a meta approach to how we make decisions every day, minute to minute, literally. Um, uh, that 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 makes sure that we have the right balance between the tactical, all important stuff, right? The stuff I said I'll get done by tomorrow. That's important. I got to get that stuff done, but. At the end of the day, you know, there's and and this is just this problem's just gotten worse over time. Of course, the volume of things that are coming at me, right? And now with the with the proliferation of tools that will throw things at me, right? What that means is that my the, the that without some some time on perspective, without some time looking at the bigger picture, I'm really going to struggle. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's what comes to mind to me is the big as the big aha about that. Does that does that answer your question? I'm I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, it does. It it definitely gives gives really good contrast. And you mentioned, you know, teams, team based uh, planning approaches, um, and I think there is there is a key intersection in the kind of outcome approach to thinking, right? At, at least that um, that and whether it's the end of the Gantt chart or whether it's the end of the Agile sprint or whatever, you've defined some kind of end state, and then you're backing it out from there. Um, we we just say you know generally speaking very often you know do as much planning as you want but very often for an individual moving their individual uh, life and all their different priorities together in parallel it's usually that that outcome state and then the very next step and then having a list of options of very next steps for teams having some of the middle bit filled in sometimes works and frankly sometimes doesn't because new inputs could completely blow up that Gantt chart. You could be, as you know, you can be redrafting that Gantt chart on a very regular basis. And there's also often a real element of artificial deadlines, right? Bringing back the time component. There's a lot of this sort of, let's all get this done by this date. 
upside of that, of course, is that sometimes it focuses the team on collaboration. It's like, hey, guys, you know, we're not going to win as a team unless we make sure once I move this part along, then you pick it up quickly. So passing the baton, that, that element of passing the baton, uh, it can kind of focus the group mind to have to have some kind of deadlines and goals in, in a in a time based way, um, but I think you're you know you're absolutely right that um, you know I just time and time again I look at the kind of best laid plans of how people think things are going to go and I go look define the middle bit if you want to but frankly that middle bit very often is not going to go the way you thought it would um, and just because it doesn't doesn't mean you've messed up. And just because it doesn't go according to that that um, artificial time frame doesn't mean that you've messed up. And I think that's so important for a personal productivity approach. You know that that you recognize that you know to some extent things take as long as they do. You know, and that's not to say don't set goals. I mean, I think the Higher Horizons uh, model is a really good one for setting goals in a very in a way very similar to traditional project management, where you can say, right, if I want to be here in five years then I want to be here in two years, then here's my projects for this year, then here's my next actions. And you can also start to set up some analogous stuff on the calendar too. You can say, okay, well, let me check in with myself six months from now to see if I'm you know, where I should be halfway to that one-year mark, et cetera. So the whole you know, classic parcel it out and back it up and, and all that kind of stuff I think still applies. Um, but you know, I think also uh, some of those real kind of artificial – you know, there's so much um, uh, yeah, credibility given to people being able to predict how long something's going to take and stick to it. <laughs> and my point of view is those were just not very complex tasks, frankly. You know, if you can completely predict and then accurately do it, either you're padding the heck out of it, you know, um, or, or frankly, you know, it's not nearly as complex, at least as my life is, you know, to be able to predict exactly exactly how some of these things are going to go. So it's a funny thing time, you know, and, mm. and our belief that somehow we should control how things go in time. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Some of the places where these, these team methodologies do even succeed, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit much, particularly on the time element for, for individuals. So yeah. uh, I don't know if that, if that resonates yeah. or. No, completely. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I think it was Mark Twain, who said that uh, prediction is difficult, especially uh, prediction about the future, right? <laughs> which I think is, which is, which is classic. And you're right. Yes. You know, there was so much time spent, and I mean time in a in a very macro sense, over many many years trying to trying to, in some ways, sort of get reality to to bend reality to our will, right, <laughs> or to our collective wills. And I think you know the evolution of these these more agile tools. And and scrum working and that sort of thing, I think, is just a recognition of the fact that, um, you know, reality was not being bent to our wills in a lot of in a lot of cases, right? Um, and w w as you were talking, one of the things that that occurred to me that I think is really interesting is a lot of the tools that are now used in these more agile environments, right? So I'm I'm thinking of you know tools like Trello and Microsoft Planner and, and these these sort of um, tools that are that are quite flexible, right? They provide a little bit of structure but not a huge amount of structure. Um, they can actually be used both to um, both on a team basis, 
right? Very effectively. And you and I are working on a project right now, right? Which is, which, which, um, you know, as our scrum master, you're sort of running as a, um, uh, running using one of those tools. So they absolutely work on a tool, uh, on a team basis, but I've also seen clients use them quite effectively for individual GTD systems. And I think that's really fascinating, right? Because as I say, there's no way I would recommend that a client uses, I don't know, a project workbench tool, you know, that just does Gantt charts and PERT charts and, and that sort of thing as, as the basis for their GTD system. But I think what's happened is that these tools as they've evolved have recognized that they need, they need to provide a bit of structure, but not a huge amount of structure. And, and that's where the magic kind of lies. Um, and as I say, that, that means you can, you know, in, in, in practice, you can use those, uh, you can use those tools for both, both team things and individual things. The thing though, that I think is, is, really important for people to recognize is the kind of information that you're keeping in a GTD system is of a, of a, a different granularity, right, by and large than what you're keeping in your team-based system. And, and of course, there is overlap, right? So if, if in, you know, if in your, uh, on your project, you're responsible for a particular outcome, well, that's going to be reflected in the, the team's tool that says, you know, you need to get this done by, well, again, back to your point about dates, whether or not the date is indicated, but you're responsible for that outcome. Um, and, and that will, of course, also be reflected in your own system. But of course, what won't be reflected in the team system is, okay, well, what's my next action, right? Probably. What's the very next thing I need to do tomorrow morning to move that thing forward, right? That, that sort of level of, that sort of level of detail is not, well, <clears throat> can be managed. Sometimes, you know, managers who are, who are, who are into control, right? Uh, micromanagers sometimes. Uh, and, and, and I'm not saying it's never helpful, right? Especially if someone's really struggling or if someone's new or whatever, they might, they might manage things at that sort of granular next action level. But by and large, the team isn't going to care that my next action is I need to browse, you know, I need to search on the web for something to try to move this forward. Um, so the tool's the same, as I say, but the way in which we use it, I think, is, is quite different. Yeah, yeah, no. Very rarely do you put a deadline on a next action, you know, but almost very often on a project if it's collaborative in nature, right? So we want to get this done either as soon as possible or or within a certain time frame, so that again the passing the baton, the coordinating part of that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, time is an important, I think, an important dimension to wrangle. Um, based on what you've seen with clients, you know, in terms of good good practice, bad practice. If you were to kind of advise them on, you know, here's what you need to do to put in the time to make a, a good mm -hmm. GTD system work. Here's kind of what the basics of what your calendar should or needs to look like in order to enable GTD to be effective for you. What are what are some of the key or some of the highlights of, of what they need to have in place in the time to manage and wrangle the time dimension well enough that they get yeah. the most out of GTD? Well, you know, look, we, we've got a model in, in GTD, which I think is hugely helpful, which is what we call the threefold nature of work, right? And so very briefly, for those of you who, have, who haven't run into it before, so work only really comes in three forms, right? It is either what we call predefined work, which means, in essence, you're kind of taking, taking things off of your lists, you're going to the meetings that are in your calendar, right? That's predefined work. You defined it at some point in the past, and now you're doing it. Right, predefined work. Second form is what we call um, defining your work, right? So in, in a GTD sense, that's 
what we would call clarifying and organizing. So deciding next actions, deciding outcomes, right? Um, putting that information in your system. And then, uh, and then the third type of, of uh, the third type of productive activity of work is just doing work as it appears or unplanned work, right? And so I think that framework can be hugely helpful. Um, just doing a little bit of a, of a, of a self audit, right? You know, maybe just keep, just keep notes for a week and see how much time you spend in each one of those categories of things, right? And what these days, what I find in with many clients, not all, but with many clients is they're spending a lot of time just doing unplanned work. They're being driven by their inbox or they're being driven by posts and whatever, you know, whatever um, internal social media type tools they're using. They're just spending all of their time reacting or the, or the majority of their time reacting. And, um, and I, again, you know, one of the, one of the things I think that's, that's subtle about the model, but really important is understanding the limitation of that, right? What does it mean if you spend all of that time reacting? What does that mean to your own productivity? What does it mean to your ability not just to get the, you know, not just to be the nice person, <laughs> supportive team member who's getting back to your colleagues. And I'm not saying that's not important, but how about your, how about your bigger, your bigger outcomes, right? Are they getting any attention? Are they getting enough attention? Right? So I think the threefold nature of work can be used, as I say, as a, as a framework for sort of deciding where am I spending too much time? Where am I spending too little time? And then having made that determination, you can, Hey, let's go back to, you know, classic time management approach and let's just do some time blocking of, you know, two hours, two hours once a week of, uh, you know, of working off your lists, for example, if you think that that's something that's got not getting enough of your attention. Um, so that's what comes to mind for me. What do you, what do you think? What do, what do you recommend? I think that's absolutely right. And it's a great framework. By and large, the main challenge I see is that most people's predefined work is largely meetings that have been pre-scheduled. And of course, the great things about meetings is that they generate structured work. But then, as you say, if there's so much of that, you know, if that's, again, one of those tools that's the only tool you have, so everything else looks like something that tool can fix, uh, as you say, then a lot of it then is the firefighting when you're not in meetings, the kind of scrambling around to go, okay, what's what's the top priority that I can knock out? And so there's a real sacrifice of, of sense of control, I think, when you're not putting in the time when you're not using allocating that resource of your time to the other two dimensions, the dimension of planning your work, which means emptying out those inboxes and doing predefined work, which means engaging with those lists that include, you know, projects and actions and, and higher level stuff that you may have said you'd do in a meeting and maybe coming due uh, at, at the next meeting point. And it just doesn't feel good to be scrambling at the 11th hour to have an update to be firefighting when you're not in informal meetings. Um, and there is a way out. I mean, I think that's the, you know, one of the real um, messages of GTD is that you can get back in control. Uh, but often one of the places to start is with how you're allocating time or not to the process to all three of those areas. So yeah, great, great reminder, the threefold nature is, you know, is the real art, I think, of doing GTD day to day on a on a real practical basis. 
Great stuff. Well, Robert, believe it or not, we've we've uh, almost come to a half an hour. So um, as usual, this has really gone by quickly. Thank you for your for your input and your insights into all of this. And thank all of you out there um, for being part of our audience today. Uh, as always, if there's anything that we can do to support you in your ongoing journey with GTD, please do let us know. Uh, in the meantime, uh, from me and from Robert, uh, thanks for being with us and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.